Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to episode 171 of Geek Town Radio. I'm your host Dave and I have with me Daryl. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So uh, what have you been up to? Been a few weeks since you've been on, hasn't it? It has been a few weeks. Mostly I've been playing World of Warcraft. Ah, yes. Yes, that MMO. I'd noticed a little bit of an uptick on the World of Warcraft posts on Reddit. So uh, yes, I know they've released something new, haven't they? Yeah, we had the brand new expansion. It's called Battle for Azeroth. And short sell is that it goes back to the heart of World of Warcraft, which is Alliance versus Horde. Good. You get a nice little lead in if you log in to the game beforehand which sees one side commit an atrocity you could say and right. that spurs and that restarts the war after the previous expansion which saw both of them fighting together against a demonic invasion aha i see it's it's been a while since i've been on warcraft i i went well, back warcraft I, has been around for a while <laughs> yeah i mean i i played obsessively for a number of years and uh then dropped away a bit and i think i went back after the cataclysm Oh, yeah. played a little bit after the cataclysm and then finally managed to get the uh, Warcraft monkey off my back. So yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've kind of kept away since then. And I, I sort of don't want to get back into it because I know I'll get really sucked into it again. It's a massive time investment. Yes, it is. But it's such good fun, though. It is a really fun game. It and is. It, it's nice to see it going back to its roots again. They were producing, as I don't know whether this come out yet, weren't they producing like a, a an original sort of back to basics World of Warcraft as well? So you could oh, step yes. back in time. Yeah, you could, um, what, they, what, what generally what people in the know call Wild Vanilla, which is the yes. original one to 60 level experience. Um, yep. They've announced it, but it's not out yet. Right, okay. So and that's being done by Blizzard itself. So yeah, there'll be um, servers they can go on where you can just play the way the game was at the beginning with like yeah. weapon with like learning having to learn weapon skills and missing if you haven't got enough weapon skills stuff like that lots right. of things which have take, been taken up the game to make it more i don't know commercially friendly you could yeah. argue yes and sort of make leveling easier and that sort of oh, yes. stuff yeah significantly easier every time i see there's a new expansion it does really tempt me and i'm, I'm resisting at the moment so 
<laughs> what else? I watched The Last of Nido. It's About Time. <laughs> yeah. Which I had to. Had to. And also, um, at Hollywood News Source, our editor went to the red carpet. Really? I'm in Hollywood. Cool. Yep. Um, so you can go and check out Instagram and you should be able to see pictures of all the stars. Right. Um, okay. It's it stars Ian Ziering, Tara Reid, and Cassandra Cerro. Right. And if you don't know what Charlotte is, well, come off that rock you've been living in. <laughs> a, and this surprised me. That's number six, and it is the final one. Yes. And the um the big theme of it is time travel. <laughs> and it Wonderful. is surprisingly good. Really? It's not better than say I would say the last three sequels. Okay, it tells, interesting. It tells a very coherent story. There's not too much. I felt like in the middle ones, there's a lot of I don't understand why this is happening, or who, <laughs> who that person is, or why they've done all this retroactive continuity stuff. Right. But in this, it's actually a really solid film. It reminds me of the first one, which I thought was epic. Right. Okay. I mean, I have to admit, I've never seen any of the Sharknado movies. It wasn't something that ever really appealed to me but it's nice to see that they've actually got some coherent story in the latest one <laughs> I mean not that you necessarily go to the Sharknado movie for a particularly coherent story but you know I mean it's a Sharknado yeah, but, movie yeah but when you make if you make a choice to have sequels you want to have some sort of story I don't mind yeah. watching a one-off B movie where the yeah. plot makes no sense because it's a one-off B movie you know what you're signing up for but in yes. a sequel, there should be some follow-through. Yeah. And you could just rent them on Amazon. And obviously, if you have Sci-Fi UK, it will no doubt be all over your thing soon. Yes, After I'm the sure. That was the 20th. Yes, so uh, I, I will. Maybe I should go and check them out at some I would point. Say, I would say watch the first one and then see how you feel. Yeah. If you don't like it, Obviously, there's no point continuing on. But if you think it's funny, then it's definitely worth it. Okay. And <laughs> maybe, I think maybe I should go find it. What you want to see in this one is that I think a big problem after the first one is that after that, they had a lot of celebrity cameos. And I think they did that and put it above the storyline. So right. a lot of reasons. Yeah, so you had a lot of people being dragged in and it didn't make sense. There right. are some... There are a few cameos, but they make a lot more sense in the time travel storyline. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what's the next one you've got on your list? Freakish. Uh, the next one is Freakish, which is a Hulu original series. It's a horror half-hour show about kids in a high school in detention and, like, training and other things. I'm just doing school activities on a Saturday and the local chemical plant blows up right. and turns everyone else into rage monsters. <laughs> awesome. And, that sounds fun. Yeah. And it came over here on ITV2. They had a um, collaboration with Hulu, which meant they grabbed a few a few of their original shows. Yes. Um, and yeah, I've only just got gotten into it. It lasted for two seasons. Unfortunately, it's already been cancelled. Right. But it, I mean, come on. High, <laughs> high school zombie series. That's definitely worth at least a two hour investment. Yeah, it does look fun. So, yes, I might go and have to look that one up as well. And uh, the last thing is everyone's favourite series, Winona Earp. Yes. Um, in on Spike TV, um, one week behind the US, which is great. Yes, it's surprisingly good programming from the people at Channel 5. I think it's just down to the sheer fact that Winona Earp is probably the strongest online thing. So yeah. even with that week thing, I get spoiled all the time online. Right, yeah. Everyone immediately jumps on and starts talking about it. Obviously, it's my own fault for following quite a few Earp counts, but... Yes, yes, the, the, that is it. If you're, if you're not in the US, you probably should stop following those. But then if you're also a journalist, you sort of have to follow those. So. Yeah, 
Uh, they're they're in it. They're in that problem. But yes. yeah, getting back to it, yeah, um, it's a great show. It's just a lot of fun. Um, it's based on a comic book of the same name, yeah. and it seems to be approved of by the creator. That's always uh, a good sign. Yes, yes. And even like I think he's collaborated with one or two of the stars on writing new books. Oh wow, cool. Yeah. So it stars Melanie Scafano who I remember from a little show called The Listener. Yes. Tim Roson, who's known for Lost Girl. Uh, Dominique Provost-Chalkley, who's yes. a British actor, and is known for yes. a couple of dance-related shows. Yes, we actually interviewed her uh, in uh, 2016, I think it was. We interviewed her. Excellent. Yes, lovely lady. So that's how I've been spending my time since last I've been on. Well, I mean, I've been looking at a bunch of new shows, not particularly genre-related at all, really, but... Uh, the, the first one was Mr. Mercedes, which is running on Stars Play, which is this additional add-on channel that you can get for Amazon Prime. So it's like $5.99 a month, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons I've, I've finally signed up for it is because they've also picked up Counterpart, which oh, yeah. is um, coming at the end of September. Why, why it's not on there now and why they've waited till the end of September, I'm not sure. But uh, season That's one of that is coming at the end of September to Stars Play. And uh, I've been waiting. Yeah, I think it was actually a two-season pickup when they first did it. Oh, okay. so, That's so that's already definitely been renewed, which is about sort of... Uh, a guy who you know counterparts about a guy that works at a sort of government facility and it turns out that it's actually the doorway to an alternate dimension um but that that's supposed to be a really good show so uh, that's coming at the end of september so that got me to sign up and one of the things that's also on there is an adaptation of mr mercedes which is a stephen king book so um yeah mr mercedes uh, stars brendan gleason who you'll know from things like in bruges and uh, 28 days later as a retired detective he's being sort of tormented by a serial killer who's played by Harry Treadaway from uh, Penny Dreadful. And he's getting sort of letters and emails through from him, uh, just sort of tormenting him about this sort of, uh, you see what he does fairly early on in the first episode. So um, it starts off with Brendan Gleeson's characters still on the job and this is sort of the case that got away from him and uh, it then time skips forward a bit and he's retired and he starts to get these letters and emails and stuff from Harry Treadway's character it's quite a lot slower than I imagined it would be I I, you know I've only watched the first episode so far but it it does have that very much a sort of Stephen King kind of feel to it It, it's not particularly quick show to move forward you get a lot of background stuff about what's happening in the detective's life stuff about the serial killer and sort of you know what he's doing in his life and that sort of stuff so you you've got quite a lot of heavy background stuff going on as as well as this beginnings of this sort of cat and mouse thing which starts off in the first episode uh, it's a really interesting show though um i really enjoyed it so i'm looking forward to watching the rest of that i also went and um looked at an Am- another amazon show actually uh mozart in the jungle and the reason for doing this is because uh we're potentially going to have the uh, sound designer from mozart in the jungle on later at some point so i needed to watch a few episodes and it's one of those shows that has never massively appealed to me it's basically about uh, the new york philharmonic orchestra and it's a drama uh or it's a rather drama comedy and um it's about the new-, new york philharmonic a new conductor comes in and it's about 
sort of the people in the Philharmonic and the conductor and the sort of tension between him and the outgoing guy who he's replaced and the fact that he's sort of a bit of a maverick and, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. And it was one of those things that I kind of looked at and thought, I don't know whether I really fancy this. But I've got to watch a couple of episodes because we're having we, we're potentially having the person on. So I started watching it on Friday and binged watched my way through the oh. entire first season. <laughs> So I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was uh, really entertaining. It's funny. The characters are really interesting. Um, It ran for four seasons. I think it's actually ended now, but it ran for four seasons. Really fun show. It's one of those things. It was a bit like Unreal. I first watched Unreal because we were interviewing one of the guys. I uh, could never get into that. Yeah, I, I but I thoroughly enjoyed that show as well. And it was the same sort of thing I got with Mozart in the Jungle. You know, I, I thought, oh, I don't really watch that, want to watch this sort of show and uh, ended up being really surprised and thoroughly enjoyed it. So a uh, lot of interesting characters and just very well-written, but well-rounded. Um, having grown up playing musical instruments and stuff uh, and, and, and you know, playing in bands and orchestras and that sort of thing, I think that has a certain amount of appeal to it as well for me. So, um, so yeah, but I've really enjoyed it. It's worth going to check out, and that's on Amazon Prime. Uh, Instinct, which is the Alan Cumming series, came on to uh, Sky Witness this week for the first time. It's pretty much the sort of castle-esque procedural drama. I call, I call it it's serious castle. Yes, yeah, I guess it is. I mean, although it's not necessarily that, it's a bit more serious castle. It's, oh. it's not even that much more serious than castle was. I know, I always thought castle, like, it was very silly. It didn't detract from the mystery, but it, no. also, it got it got really silly as so, well. Yes, I mean, yes, Maybe that's because true. of the will they, won't they thing just sort of overshadowed some of the things. Whereas, yeah, you're I've not seen a couple get... of those, and it get and some of those things are pretty dark. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I um, really enjoyed it. I mean, it, if yeah, you like I, things like Castle, sure. though, if you like things yeah. like Castle, if you like things like I don't know Elementary or yeah, th- those sort of American, that's, yeah, those two are my person. Job. Yeah, that that sort of procedural, US procedural thing. You'll like Instinct. It's exactly in that sort of mould. Alan Cummings, incredibly watchable as the lead. It's a fun show. And like you say, it is a little darker than something like Castle, but it's still a really interesting sort of lead character. And yeah, and, uh, yeah uh, worth watching. And then Bodyguard, which started last night on, because we're recording this on the Monday, so it started last night on uh, BBC One. This is the uh, new drama that they've got got coming out starring Richard Madden from Game of Thrones and uh, Keely Hawes from um, the Durrells and uh, Spooks and Line of Duty and everything else on TV and uh, I really enjoyed it I mean the the first episode it comes from Jeb Mercurio who is the guy that wrote Line of Duty so you know that it's going to be a reasonably quality written drama very interesting opening with Richard Madden's character who's called David Budd stopping a terrorist attack on a train in London and uh, very very kind of tense open to it and he then gets assigned to protect the uh, Home Office Minister played by Keely Hoyles and it sort of goes on from there really and you know he's he's an ex-soldier so she is kind of the person who is in the position that was responsible for sending the soldiers to places like Afghanistan and and that sort of stuff and he's 
very disillusioned by his experience over there. So, you know, he's sort of then having to protect the person who he really doesn't believe the politics of. So it's an interesting mix that you've got going on. But it's certainly if you like shows like Line of Duty, if you like things like Spooks and that sort of stuff, two very, very good actors in the lead roles well worth going to watch uh the first episode went out last night so it'll be on iplayer next episode goes out tonight because like i say recording this on the monday so uh next episode goes out tonight and then the following episodes go out every sunday so um yeah definitely want to go and watch though i really enjoyed it the other thing that i've done this week is it was the insomnia 63 gaming festival in birmingham so i uh, went along to that and uh, had a chat with some of the indie gamers over there there was some really good indie games i mean there's there's some big titles there as well i mean you know nintendo were there and uh, so i played a bit of things like things like the the mario kart games and uh, had a go on the well you know their cardboard thing that they had oh yeah 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 had it had a play with that they had one which was like the robot suit one where you kind of put on like a backpack and stuff and you get to stomp around a town smashing buildings down uh in in the sort of suit so that was quite good fun and played with yeah played with a lot of that sort of stuff uh they got quite a bit of vr things there did get my hands on the new spider-man game which actually seems like it's going to be a decent spider-man game for the first time in a very long time it's got sort of elements of things like gta in terms of it being a big kind of open world and things going off like bank robberies you can foil and that sort of thing as well as having this through plot as well i took a a friend's 11 year old son with me because he was a huge gaming fan and wanted and his mum didn't want to take him so i don't (laughs) take him along with him so so i i uh, i took him along with me and uh, what was really funny though was we queued up to get into the spider-man game Mm-hmm. and got to the front of the line and and they went oh well uh pointed to me and said well you can go in and play he can only go in and watch he's not allowed to actually play because it's a 16 game it's Is like it? well wow yeah, I didn't but, uh, it was rated that big apparently yeah, it's rated 16 i i i and I, I don't i don't get what maniac put a 16 rated on a spider-man game i i I have no idea i don't get why it's a 16 rated game what i found really stupid though was the fact that they allowed him to go in and watch (laughs) he just couldn't play and and there was nothing in there that would have been worse than watching the film which i believe is a 12 rating so i it made no sense to me at all that but the game itself was fun he was glad he kind of managed to get to to sit and you know watch it at least but it seemed a bit unfair that he you know he because he's a huge gaming fan that he could actually sit and play and i, I get it i get they can't let him if it's a 16 rated yeah, game yeah. but it doesn't make sense that he can then go in and watch it but <laughs> that, that i would guess just, the only thing is that i know if that was my kid i wouldn't be particularly excited about the idea of going in without him no no even though i even though i was there as as his guardian for the day and even though i said it was fine because i knew his mum would be okay with it i just found it very bizarre that they actually let him go in with me and watch me play but he wasn't allowed to touch the controls Hmm. do you know what it is in oh let me look it up and see what it is in America so in America it's rated a teen so there's and that's one of those that doesn't prevent people from buying it right okay so but I have read I have seen the um, reasons and they do reference that there is a scene where a character in the background shoots himself in the head okay well, yeah. And yeah. there's another one of a mugger shooting someone. So I guess, yeah. So I look at that and I see yeah. like the way that we, yeah, I can see why that would give it a 16 here. 
Yeah, okay, fair enough. But the demo wasn't going to show any of that. So, oh well, anyway. That's an interesting idea. The other games that I played, though, we spent a lot of time around the indie area. There were some great indie games out there. Uh, so I sat down and interviewed a couple of the guys there. So we get, we're not going to have a big interview this week. They're going to have like three little interviews with some of these indie gamers. The first one I played was called Honey, I Joined a Cult. At first glance at it, when you look at it, it's very prison architect. It's got, if you know the game Prison Architect, it's sort of, you know, the you basically build and manage a prison. In this case, you are building and managing a cult, but it does have a bunch of extra things which you don't get in Prison Architect. It has like a town map where you can go out and wander around and stuff. So I sat down with the developers of that and had a, a little sort of five minute conversation with them about sort of, you know, their inspiration, what their background is, and a bit more about the game. So here's me chatting with the people behind Honey, I Joined a Cult. I'm Simon Reynolds, and my game is Honey, I Joined a Cult, which is a management tycoon game where you get to create and build your own 1970s cult it's sort of prison architect inspired possibly in yeah. terms of the look anyway anyone who looks at it will instantly see that it looks graphically very similar to uh, prison architect rimworld uh, yeah. a, few, a few other games that have come out recently you know we don't apologize for that we like those games um, we like the art style but the game plays very differently to those games. I mean, you, you, you start your own cult, you can customize your cult, choose what you want your worshippers to, um, you know, worship what their gods are and things like that. So obviously that plays very differently to things like Grimworld and, uh, and, and Prison Architects. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it being like Prison Architects because one, that's a brilliant game. But two, there's so many of uh, that use that sort of art style now. It's almost become its own kind of genre or subgenre. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think there's a, there's a few reasons for that. First of all, people do actually like the look of it like, like, like we do. The other thing is that it's quite good for indie devs like us. Um, it's quite a basic style. It doesn't require, you know, uh, an art team and lots of animation, you know, the the characters move around, they stand next to objects, and you, and you know that they're, you know, you know that they'll be sitting down. They'll, you'll know that they'll be using that computer, um, you know, just with a couple of particle effects and things like that. So it's, it's great for us, and, you know, we're very happy with the style. So. so what's your experience of developing before this? Well, nothing before this, I have to say. Both uh, myself and Ed, we're a two-man studio. Um, we used to do completely different things. I used to be a lawyer. Ed used to do, uh, Ed used to do technical drawing, um, kind of designing uh, things for, for houses. Uh, but we've, we've always been gamers. We've always wanted to develop our own game. And so we took a rather extreme step one day of just deciding that we were going to go for it. We came up with, a, with, with this concept, which we thought was quite novel. There's, there's, can't really see any other games where you can decided to do this, uh, you know, this kind of tycoon management type thing with a cult. And so we uh, yeah, kind of quit our jobs about 18 months ago and just decided to make this. And we started from a very, yeah, it's, 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 it's a high risk strategy. Um, <laughs> it, it remains to be seen, uh, you know, how it will work out. But um, it's, it seems to be going quite well so far. We're, you know, we're pleased with what we've done, given that we started with, you know, we, when I say we have no experience, we have no experience of programming or any type of game development at all. So we, you know, we really started off basic on this. Um, we, we decided to use Game Maker as it was uh, quite, you know, kind of newbie friendly. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're slowly getting there with it, so. Yeah, I, I had a play with it yesterday, uh, day before yesterday, and uh, really good fun, really, really good fun. Um, 
I'm I'm kind of predisposed to liking these sorts of games anyway. You know, I, I like the sort of building thing, but you have the added addition of sending people out into the town, and you have the map, and you know there are. It isn't just like a you know a, a clone. It is there's a lot of different elements to it as well that you don't get with some of the other games. Exactly. So it is like you know the graphical style is similar, and obviously there is a base building element which is similar to you know things like Prison Architect. But we we came up with the concept of this first, and the art style came after um it was just you know what what worked for us and what we like yeah exactly so we're happy to do it but you can do at the moment it's still in you know fairly fairly early alpha um but we're just influenced we've done that you know we've got the basics of the of the base building down but yeah there is a city map where you'll be able to send your cultists out which all have you know they each have individual skills so they're you know better at different things you'll be able to send them out on different missions it might be to recruit people at various different places or it might be to do something nefarious like you know poison the water supply um so you can you, you can do that on the world map but also there's going to be a tech tree where you can um do things like have different rituals um initiation ceremonies things like that for your coal which we you know think are quite fun that can add actually something to uh, the uh, the game mechanics as well yeah, so there's a lot of other things. And obviously there's the customization as well, which, which people really like. So, you know, whatever you've named your god, you you see the people, you know, they'll be chanting it, they'll be saying it, it'll be they'll be worshipping the the item that you've chosen. Yeah. So we think it's you know, we think it's it's fun to play and you know, people do seem to that they, they, they go through the customization. They, some people spend a very long time just doing that because yeah. you know it's 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 a fun thing. People love the customization stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, well, the, the people who are you know on it at the moment, I think they spent about like 15 minutes um, just kind of thinking of funny things they want yeah, to yeah. put on, you know, funny objects to worship kind of thing. But that's what we want. We know that if people are going to sit there and think about that, they're probably going to enjoy the game because there's nothing nothing funner than like choosing your god and then seeing people you know worship that kind of thing. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, it's it's really good fun. I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more of it. Where can people find information about it? So we have a Steam page up. It's it's not been released yet because it's still in development, but we have a Steam page up where people can wishlist it and uh, we put updates on the uh, community forums. And we've also asked people um, on that forum for uh, ideas about things that they want to see on, you know, in the game. And we've we do listen to that. We've had some very interesting kind of things come through that, uh, some of which, you know, we're actually starting to implement. We're also on uh, Twitter. We're also on Facebook. Um, we're also on Instagram. So if you look for Soul Survivor Games on any of those, you will come up straight away. Well, it should come up straight away. So that's Soul Survivor Games and the game's called Honey, I Joined a Cult. Yes, that's great. You should be able to find it. It's a fairly unique name. So. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks a lot, mate. So that was the uh, people from uh, Honey, I Joined a Cult. A really fun game. You can uh, go and find that online. Mm-hmm. Next game I tried was a, a one called Stuntful, which is a, a really interesting mix of a kind of a football game, but played with stuntmen that are sort of floating as though they were falling through the air. Uh, it, it's a really intriguing sort of game. Apparently it's got other modes as well, but they're, they're fairly early in development. So the mode that they had that they were showing off on this was this uh, football 
mode where you can either play as a team against uh, AI bots. I think they, they've got four player local or eight player online play. So you can have like a load of people in. Um, it was really, really fun because it, it's quite difficult to control because you are sort of floating. So uh, it's it's quite a hard game to control, but it was really good fun to play through. So um, here's the guys behind Stuntfall to talk a little more about it. Hello, I am Tom. I work for Level Boss Games on the game Stuntfall. Okay, so uh, Stuntfall, do you want to describe what you have to do in the game? So basically you're a stuntman in front of a green screen. We've got multiple party game modes, but at this event we're showing off uh, football mode where you are falling through the air. You've got to get a football to the other team's goal, basically like football, but with weird characteristics on the balls. Yes, and the balls change sort of every game. Yes. So uh, you've got different shape maps. I've been playing around with it and uh, just losing very badly uh, on those occasions. You've got the idea of the kind of balls changing and they have an effect. Where did the idea for the uh, game come from? Well, we had a game which was basically like the Hole in the Wall TV show, but we, we brought it to Insomnia 59, I think, and it wasn't that fun. We found out pretty quickly from the event. Um, we took it back to the drawing board and used what we had to build a football game mode around it because that was sort of kicking off at the time of Rocket League and stuff like that, so... Yeah, it's sort of built from there. And then we're like, why not make party games out of it? And it's works. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it does. So you, how many players can you have then? Uh, 16 players online and four players local. Okay, cool. And uh, you're each sort of picking different teams. It's very infuriating when you've got like three goals and somebody just steals like the goal from you at the last minute. Yeah, yeah, it can be. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, it's, re- it's really good fun though. We were playing a bit on the, a couple of days ago as well on uh, Friday when we were here. I had a really great time with it. It's, it's a really fun game. Where can people find more information about it? Yep, so you can head across to our Twitter, which is at Stompful or at Level Boss Games, that's for the company. Um, we also have a Patreon where we're doing our early access schemes. So it's $2 a month and you get early access to the builds as we bring them out every month. Yeah, that's about it. Just on Twitter, really. And where are you looking to release it? Uh, so we're looking at Steam. That's a definite. We're looking at trying to go through the Switch route because it's sort of perfectly tailored for our game. And then if it sells, we'll bring it to consoles as well. But Steam first. That's the focus. Okay. And any idea of when you're planning to try and get it out? Uh, we're saying um, Easter next year, but that could be sort of variable. That's why we're pushing people towards the Twitter because we can give them updates there. Okay, cool. And it's called Stuntfall. Awesome. Thank you for chatting. So that was Stuntfall. And the last game we tried was a game called Card Life. Card Life, kind of like Minecraft, but everything is made out of cardboard. So it's not big and sort of blocky, but it does have a, a really specific aesthetic to it. So you, when you're cutting down things, you're using kind of, you know, an axe to cut through cardboard trees and stuff. But it looks stunning and uh, you can actually go and find this online right now i think it's cardlifegame.com is the uh, is the address to go and find that but uh, had a really nice chat with them as well so uh, here's the guys from card life talking about their game essentially card life is by free jam so we started out uh development of this game about two years ago free jam is a games developer we've already got a game out on steam called robocraft it's got around about 13 million players right, okay. which is really good uh and obviously we've got ambitions to make card life just as big so Rebelcraft is a free-to-play game and Card Life is a pay-up-front game. It's the first time we've ever done it as a studio, so we're pretty excited to see what the potential is for that. The reason why we've adopted a pay-up-front approach is because we really want Card Life to be a tour de force in the modding scene. Like Everything you see when it comes to the creative characters, like all these are flat 2D layers. Uh, and like their PNGs in the game folder and players are free to edit those PNGs as much as they want, start their own servers. So 
for example, if they're like, hey, we think your triceratops are rubbish, we want to make better ones, you can. You can also change the JSON files as well to essentially change the parameters of server. So for example, if you don't like our hunger system, you can change it. Really, you can change a lot with card life. Um, and obviously the premise of the game is uh, it's an open world sandbox. It is very much uh, kind of similar to Minecraft or Ark yeah. in terms of it's all about establishing a base. And once you've got a base of operations, you can kind of make your way more inside the, uh, the biome. So we've only got one biome at the moment, but we will be adding uh, as many as four later on down the line. They'll kind of take you through. Uh, like the, We've got the prehistoric biome in the game at the moment, but it will take you through lots of different ages and you'll start getting the uh like we call it a science fantasy game um and what we mean by that is that you'll be able to have mechs in the game you'll be able to ride mechs with your friends and you know do lots of crazy stuff so you know what you see on the show floor it's really the beginning of what the game is um you know it, it's all about that stable one to 20 hour experience um and i think at the moment you know we're just we're just really excited to get the game in front of more people, really. Like, we've been working on it for two years. We, we knew that we had something cool with the cardboard aesthetic because we are doing something that other people weren't really doing. And really, we've, we've been kind of squirreling away, working with our community to essentially make the game a lot better. So yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I was playing around with it earlier and, and the cardboard aesthetic is, is really lovely. Really, really lovely. Um, and I mean, it, it's... It is very Minecraft-esque, but I mean, I love those sort of building games anyway, so I have no problem with that sort of thing. I love that sort of aesthetic. You've also got the, the nice thing with, um, you have the sort of templates for the different... So the, the system. Yeah, so the connect the connect the dots system is great. So essentially, the first thing you do when you join a server is you create a character. So the way that it works is that it's, uh, let's say you're trying to create a head. You've got several different points that you need to connect in order to make that head, but you can make that crude shape whatever you want. So, you know, if you want to have, like, a big dude in a space helmet, you can totally do that. If you want to have a little guy with a massive hole in his face for whatever reason, you can totally do that because uh, you've got a scissors tool in there as well. Yeah. So it's just really fun. What's amazing when we come to events like this is that we never really... We never know what sort of things people are going to create. And there's something about the cardboard aesthetic. Like, people make things that you don't anticipate they're going to make. And obviously, the Minecraft comparison gets made all the time. And we, we like that. We relish that. Yeah, like, yeah. like, we like Minecraft as a game. Sure. Um, and I think it gives a good, uh, a good stable for people to kind of get a grasp of what the game actually is. Yeah, I mean, I... I really like that sort of the idea that you can go in and you can cut out, you know, not only your character's head, but you can also do the same with all the weapons and the armor. And you can, like, I, I was messing around with like the armor front plate yesterday and put a bat symbol on it. And, you know, you can do things like that. I, it's really fun and, uh, and gives you that feeling of like cutting things out in cardboard, which is just lovely. It's, it's got a really tangible feel to it. I really like it. It definitely does. And we've had loads of people come to the booth and say, hey, can I buy like, my custom character offline and stuff. Oh, we, yeah. we don't have that. That's a great idea. I mean, in the studio, we love messing around with papercraft and cardboard and stuff anyway. Like, when we were developing the game, the very first thing that we did was we bought some crazy, uh, this cardboard castle. Uh, <laughs> and our lead designer, Rich, was basically filling with it for like two months to kind of figure out how to make the creative tools. But they're in a really good place. Like, we're going to add more stuff. Like, at the moment, the connect the dot system is all drawn freehand with like the mouse. Yeah. Um, we're going to be adding more templates, uh, more templates to the game, but also more tools. So you'll be able to have like mirror mode, 
and you know more uh, if you want to make like a square dude you'll be able to do that as well so loads of flexibility in it like what we're showing on the show floor here is is the game that you can buy it's currently available but you know we're, we're adding to the game every single month so yeah we're really committed to kind of just growing it and responding with the community like every three months we send out a well, it's kind of like it's they're turning into three months, but we tend to want to do them a bit more often. Like send out just an email to everyone that's bought the game, just saying, hey, how are you getting on? Is there anything you want to tell us about your experiences? And those have been super, super helpful. So yeah, the, the game is continuing to evolve all the, all the time. Um, and we just beefed up the team as well. So there used to be about 12 of us working on it. Now there's 25. And over the past three months, the well, past two months and a bit, there's been about 25 people working on it. And you're starting to see the fruit of that labor now, which is really cool. So if people want more information about CardLife, where can they find it? So the best place to go is cardlifegame.com. There you'll be able to see the game. You'll be able to purchase it for £10 or $11.99. And, you know... Just even if you are not ready to buy the game yet, still sign up, create an account. Uh, we run competitions all the time to get access to the game. But also you'll find out when we're adding crazy things. So, for example, the last update, we added a giant tortoise and a triceratops. We're adding loads more stuff. So, yeah, that's the best thing to do. Awesome, awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. It's, it's really fun. I can't wait to see what people make with it. So that was the guys from Card Life. There was a few other indie games there as well, which uh, were, were really quite fun. I do love the indie sections when you go to these gaming festivals. They tend to have the most interesting selection of games for me, rather than kind of going to the Nintendo or the PlayStation stand. I, I, I think the indie games are where a lot of the innovation is at. I have really good fun down at Insomnia. It's uh, well worth going to. They they do two or three a year, I think, of the Insomnia Festival. So uh, they are around if you uh, want to go and look them up. But uh, I think it's insomnia.com or Insomnia Gaming Festival if you want to go and uh, look that up. So with that stuff out of the way, let's move on to the TV and film news. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So we kick off the TV and film news this week with renewals, cancellations and pickups as usual. Lethal Weapon released a, a promo for their uh, upcoming third season of uh, the show, which of course has Sean William Scott's new character in it. Have you seen this promo? I've seen the poster. Right, That's, okay. I don't know. It's a weird one. I don't. I, I just don't know what will happen. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just like, obviously the fans can push back and kill it, yeah. or, they can embr- or they can embrace this. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people, whenever we post a story about this online, there's a lot of people that are, are saying, oh, you know, they treated Clankroft terribly and you know this it's not the same how can you have lethal weapon without rigs and all that sort of stuff i mean i want to give the guy a chance uh and you know clan crawford kind of shot himself in the foot slightly but i he you could also blame the production company itself because there are a lot of things i think that failed him as well as himself uh with Mm. some of his attitude but there were a lot of things i think that failed along in the production as well that let it get to that point i mean i i I don't know i i I know whether they were right or wrong to do it i wasn't there i I don't know what what the right decision was but i think he sure william scott's very 
watchable as an actor. And uh, I, I mean, the little clips you don't get a lot from that primary, but we'll we'll see mm. how it turns out. Yeah, but I just wonder: is he sort of just crazy as Riggs, or crazy a different way? I think it's crazy in a different way. I think they've got a, a different take on that sort of crazy kind of character. I think he's ex CIA or something, the the character that they use. Okay. So um, it's a different characterization. I don't know, but we'll see what happens. It's not come back for a full length season. It's not like 22 episodes. It's only 10 episodes, I think they're doing this time around. Oh. So with it, it will be a case of seeing how this goes, I think. And if this works, then we may see it for a full season, but who knows? So that's, of course, coming to ITV. I think it's probably going to end up being next year. I think it's out in September in the US, but it will probably end up being next year in uh, the UK because they seem to run it in January on ITV. So we'll, we'll wait and see. Other pickups we've got, The Purge TV series. That is coming on the 5th of September, just hours after the US, to Amazon Prime UK. So if you've got Amazon Prime, that you can watch The Purge TV series. Never seen the movies. It's never really appealed to me. <laughs> nope, so. I've never seen them either. Never really really been something that appealed to me but i know uh, there are a lot of fans of the purge out there so uh, it's there on amazon prime or it will be on the 5th of september if you want to go and look at it uh the gifted season two has got a premiere date Woo! now in the uk which i'm very lo- much looking forward to uh yeah, sunday yeah, 14th yes. of october at 9 p.m on fox that's coming back very much looking forward to that because i really enjoyed the first season counterpart as we mentioned earlier on in the show this is this uh this new drama that's coming to stars play on the 28th of september but season one has run fully so they will be dropping the whole of season one on there I do wonder if they're doing that to run it maybe into season two which is why they're starting on that specific date but uh, well maybe so we'll see but uh, yeah 28th of September for Counterpart the Durrells they announced it will end with season four which I think had been rumoured for a while again it's another show I've not really watched but uh, the I ITV series yeah ITV series starring Keely Hawes again but uh, that week is going to end at season four channel four has renewed the end of the king world uh for uh season two that will be coming back i didn't actually watch this even though it is a comic book adaptation i sort of feel i should but it's uh it's on netflix because it was co-production with netflix yeah, so production, and yeah. uh it's on um netflix and all four if you want to go and catch that I think it actually ran out on all floor. I think they only actually premiered the first episode on Channel 4 and then put the rest of it online. So it must have done well for them. Ooh. And uh, the the big news, of course, this week with the Big Bang Theory <laughs> is to end with season 12, yeah. which gets a very mixed reaction. Some people going, no, no, I can't do without Sheldon. Other than people going about flaming time. So uh, I don't know which camp you fall into with this but uh, um i think i probably stopped watching perhaps in season 10 right okay. it, it just started feeling repetitive to me yeah but you can't not say it's the biggest comedy series yeah of the 2000s no absolutely i mean it is it is the biggest sitcom in the world pretty much yeah. at the moment and the fact that it sounds like it was jim parsons who who was the person that sort of brought it to an end from the bits and pieces i was reading it sounds uh, like it was Jim Parsons that said he didn't want to do it anymore and uh makes sense I can see just by the new stuff the amount of other projects that he's out there producing and stuff that he may just want to free himself up to yeah I think and you know it's 
it will have been by the time it ends it will have been the longest running sitcom in the history of US television I think so yeah. um, I mean that's a that's a reasonable place to bring it to an end I can understand entirely he is wanting to move on I, the other guys are going to end up on other shows I'm fairly sure and even if they don't it's not as if they're going to be short of money <laughs> so <laughs> So, you know, it gives them freedom to go off and do other things. There's been rumours of it ever ever since, what, season 10, that it was going to be coming to an end. So, yeah. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i still watching it. And I, I think that, that made the um, double renewal makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. That they were gearing up to end the production. It is probably about time that it came yeah, to an end. Yeah. You know, they're all, they're all got married, they're getting kids, you know. I mean, it's you are getting down that sort of route of, of it not just being about these bunch of geeks and their female neighbor which is where it kind of started so it's advanced to a point where maybe it is probably time to bring it to an end but uh i am still watching it i mean i do still find it funny and i I don't think it was as funny as it was at the start i don't think it's quite as clever as it was at the start i was always a big fan of the um start the guest stars are used to being for like limited it has had some amazing guest stars from like you know stephen hawking you know through to will wheaton and various other people that they brought on and so that's always been fun to have the guest stars on. So uh, I'll be interested to see who pops up in the final season. Moving on to uh, other news. There's been a lot of DC news around this week, mainly casting stuff, but uh, really interesting sort of casting bits and pieces. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Fraser has joined DC's Doom Patrol series, apparently. Um, he's going to be playing Robot Man. I don't know Doom Patrol particularly as a comic book. I don't know whether that's I, one you I don't. It's, one, it's not one of the ones I know. So it's, I mean, Doom Patrol is basically about a bunch of outcast superheroes, uh, Robot Man, Negative Man, Elastigirl and Crazy Jane, led by uh, the chief, Dr. Niles Calder. This is one of the shows that's coming to DC Universe, their new streaming service. All the superheroes on the show are, are given superhuman abilities by a horrible accident of one sort of another, and they kind of all together due to the fact that they're all got their powers through various accidents robot man his uh, real name is cliff Steele. he's a former race car driver who was in a horrific accident left his body uninhabitable so his brain is saved by dr calder and uh, Steele now lives on a robotic body brendan fraser is going to be voicing the character and will be playing cliff Steele in flashback scenes but uh, it's actually going to be a different actor on set because they're going to have somebody in a physical costume on set. That actor's name's Riley Shanahan. That's going to be dubbed over by uh, Brendan Fraser. So um, interesting choices, although we're not really going to see him on screen all that much, I don't think, unless they do lots of flashback things. Um, But, you know, it's always nice to see Brendan Fraser on stuff uh, after his stuff on The Mummy and that sort of thing. Yeah, everybody remembers The Mummy. Yes, everybody remembers The Mummy. So so that's quite a good... I'm quite looking forward to that series because um, it's written by Jeremy Carver who's one of the supernatural guys so um, I, I think that be, could be quite interesting and uh, could have some quite good humour in it they've also announced that the uh, if we move over onto the Arrowverse the Batwoman crossover is going to f- feature Superman and Lois Lane apparently so we know that 
the uh, the big crossover this year is going to have Ruby Rose as Batwoman in it, playing the female Dark Knight, and uh, is going to see Barry, Ollie, and Kara head off to Gotham, as far as we know. Tyler Hoechlin, who was uh, played Superman in the uh, Arrowverse previously, is going to be coming back. Apparently, he's on for all three episodes of the crossover, uh, uh, though, which is is really good because I did yeah. really like him as as Superman. Yeah, he really works. Really, yeah, does really work, and I'm glad that DC have sort of relented and allowed them to use that character i i would like them to be able to use batman as a sort of little character in some of the shows you know and do the pop-in thing like they do with superman that would be nice to see on screen as well Never gonna happen. yeah probably not but then you know we would have said the same thing about superman when the movies came out so i don't know but they they are going to introduce lois lane as well um we've not seen lois lane yet so and they've not announced casting for her yet i think they announced um, the casting had begun yeah so they, they are looking for somebody and yeah. uh, that casting's got to happen reasonably soon because the crossover is happening in December in the US uh, yeah. so it'll be December-ish probably over here and they've got to shoot that at some point reasonably soon so uh, hopefully that should, you know, we'll hear the casting for that relatively soon uh, We've Lois has been mentioned numerous times because we've seen Lucy oh, Lane and we've seen yeah. Sam Lane the father in Supergirl but we've never seen Lois so should, you be, know, should be good over on the Flash they've got a new bit of casting they've cast a contortionist to play Ragdoll who is a Jay Garrick era villain I think or originally started off in sort of Jay Garrick era although I think he has popped up in a couple of other times I thought this was an interesting move because Ragdoll basically is a villain that is a contortionist and turns to villainy when the carnival he's working for sort of hits hard times and realises that he can hide in the Ragdoll costume of a department store to sort of hide there when the department store closes and then he can go and rob it and that's sort of how ragdoll emerges as a as a character uh, but he is a contortionist so i think the idea of actually casting a contortionist in the role is quite a clever one because it saves you on a bunch of cgi if nothing else so yeah so i think that's quite a nice idea um the contortionist that they've gone for is a guy called troy james yeah. who's uh, actually had a couple of tv shows under his belt he's done uh, some work on the strain on shadow hunters and on channel zero as well mainly in sort of under heavy makeup playing roles like in the he'll he played the sort of vampire zombie creatures in the strain which always moved in a very strange way so um you can see the sort of type of character he's he's also appeared as himself on america's got talent apparently as well so um yeah i mean i, I think that's a, that's a really canny idea also over on supergirl they've announced that uh, anthony kunichi is joining the deo playing agent jensen so this is going to be a new recruit by alex who if you remember from the season's finale is now in control of the deo apparently he will appear in the first episode and he's struggling to find his footing in his new job it's not an actor i particularly know he played mx 43 in almost human that short-lived jj uh, abraham series uh also popped up in x-men apocalypse and uh, 50 shades of gray apparently it was in as well mm-hmm. so um not an actor I particularly know, but uh, he's appearing on there. And also over on Supergirl, they've announced that Bruce Box and Lightner will replace Brent Spiner. As we announced a few weeks ago, Brent Spiner was supposed to be joining the show as the vice president. Apparently, due to some um, family matter, it's not entirely clear 
why, but it's something to do with his family, which is conflicting with the production dates. He's had to pull out of the role. So uh, Bruce Botsleitner, who you will know from shows such as Babylon 5 and Tron, he is stepping into the role as the Vice President Baker, who is uh, apparently going to be a, a fairly large character recurring role yeah. in the new season, uh, presumably having something to do with uh, the president on that series, which is played by Linda Carter, a.k.a. the original Wonder Woman. Yeah, so, and the fact um, that she's an alien. And the fact that she's an alien, yes. So uh, I, I suspect it has something to do with that. Yeah, but, uh, probably being outed. So. Yes, I, I would think that probably is. So that's going to be kind of interesting. And uh, it's sad that we're not going to get Brent Spiner in there, but um, I think Bruce is a great replacement for that. Yeah, definitely. Really good switch. And then lastly in news, we have some announcements for Armando Inucci's new sci-fi comedy pilot for HBO, which is called Avenue 5, which I think we mentioned a while back. They've announced that Hugh Laurie will be taking one of the roles and uh, Susie Nakamura is taking one of the other roles. We don't really know much about the show other than it's a comedy pilot it's set in the future, mostly in space. It's based around this spaceship called the Avenue 5. It's from Armando Iannucci, which is, is very much a kind of interesting area for him to go into because most of his stuff has been political satire things up until this point. Yeah, uh, He's the creator of Veep and um, various other things that, that have been political kind of satire shows like The Thick of It, and uh, he was involved in the day-to-day as well. So uh, Hugh Laurie is going to be playing the captain of the ship. Uh, it's a guy called Ryan Clark and uh, charming and in control American captain of the Avenue 5 spaceship and uh, Susie Nakamura who starred in Dr. Ken she's playing Iris Kumara who is the right hand to the billionaire owner of the company behind the Avenue 5. Although we know very little about the show I am incredibly excited for it because I love Amado Inichi's stuff I adore Veep I love the thick of it so and I love Hugh Laurie so I think this is this is going to be interesting and I'm very interested to see what HBO do with a sci-fi comedy as well you yeah. don't get many sci-fi comedies you not know. many no this sort of Red Dwarf and and they've had a few other attempts at it but Red Dwarf's kind of the only one that really springs to mind as being anything successful possibly Galaxy Quest and the movie side of which I know there are supposed to be a TV series being made for Galaxy Quest as well but well there's um, the um, McFarlane one. Oh yeah there's um, the Orville as well yep. of course is the other one but um, I, I do wonder if there's going to be political stuff in this given that it's Armando and whether that's going to play into it somehow as well but very intrigued to see what happens with this it could be a very interesting show that's all the news we've got for this week because uh, we did the mini interviews earlier we're not going to have a big interview this week so we'll go straight on to highlights for next week on tv highlights for next week on tv we kick off with uh, day five which is coming to pick tv on the 28th of august at 10 p.m um, new apocalyptic drama where sleep can kill you apparently are you aware of this show it's a sort of zombie-esque drama i think i'm not it, it does sound interesting though it definitely sounds like something that's worth taking a look at yeah i mean uh 
that Pick TV have sort of um, picked up some interesting shows because they run this and they run Zade Nation. So uh, I, I have a feeling it, it could be one that's uh, worth looking out for. But uh, Day 5, it's called, and that's on the 28th of August on Pick TV at 10pm. Upstart Crow returns for its third season. That's on BBC Two on the 29th of August at 8.30. This is uh, the David Mitchell, Ben Elton series uh, where he plays William Shakespeare. And uh, it's hilarious if you've not seen it. If you're a fan of things like Blackadder, it's not quite got the uh, the level of satirical comedy that you had with uh, something like Blackadder Go Forth, but it's still very funny and very watchable. David Mitchell is great in it, and uh, I, I do really enjoy it. It's it's great skewering fun at Shakespeare, I think, in that. Uh, but that's coming to uh, BBC Two on the 29th of August at 8.30. The Jack Ryan series, finally is going to be out on the 31st of August yeah. on uh, Amazon Prime. You can't have, have failed to see a promo for this of somewhere in the last yeah. sort of few months because it's been everywhere. <laughs> so um looks kind of interesting. Is this one for you? I've actually read a crazy amount of the Jack Ryan books, probably okay. up to when he becomes president. Um, right. So <laughs> Does he become president in the book? Interesting, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes, he does. Ah, I mean, so in one of the greatest bits of things where he is vice president right. and he's about to resign, but then a disgruntled Japanese pilot flies his jumbo jet into the Senate thing for the State of the Union address ah. and he becomes president. Interesting. Just, Sorry for the spoilers for people that haven't read all the Jack Ryan, book, Ryan but books. But it's ever. been 20-something years so. <laughs> yeah so you know i think that's fair but uh yeah so this is obviously a prequel to all that sort of stuff and um well, it's over reimagining because obviously yeah, jack ryan yeah. is set quite some time ago it seems to be dealing with modern conflicts yeah so i mean it is a sort of reimagining of it but it's it's a a, a young jack ryan yeah. um in the start of his career played by john krasinski i'm very much looking forward to this uh i know amazon are very proud of it because they've already renewed it for a second season so uh, so yes 31st of August for that on Amazon Prime I think that's going to be one worth watching Ozark returns for its second season on Netflix also on 31st of August so uh, that will be the other thing that I will be binging through because I really enjoyed the first season of that uh, stars Jason Bateman as a money launderer who uh, uproots his family to the Missouri Ozarks when a deal with a Mexican drug cartel goes awry and he sort of finds himself treading on people's toes when he gets to the Ozarks as well. Uh, it's very dark in places. There is some comedy elements to it, but it, it's a very similar to a sort of Breaking Bad feeling, you know, in the way that that had dark comedy elements to it as well. Um, really solid show, though. If you've not watched Ozarks season one, um, go and watch it. It's really, really good. And uh, very much looking to the second season of that. The originals, the fifth and final season of that comes to Netflix yep. on the 1st of September finally wow that's pretty late but um if if you're obviously if you're a fan it's great you want to definitely get yourself watching it it's really well done obviously they knew it was going to be the final season um, yes. before they started filming so 
it works out well and it leads very well into the upcoming show Legacies, which yep. is all about Hope Mickelson, yep. Michelson and her supernatural thing back in Mystic Falls. Yes. So yes, hopefully that show will be good. Yeah. Um, if you have an interest in all things Vampire Diaries and that shared universe, definitely grab yeah. it. Go buy some snacks and sit <laughs> yes. down. A quick, I think it's 10 episodes, is it? Something like that, yes. Yeah. It, it's uh, definitely one I will be watching as well. Uh, 1st of September for the originals, season five. We don't know where Legacies is going to end up over here yet. Hopefully somebody picks it up. I would hope Netflix pick it up and run it weekly would be nice, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Also on Netflix, Shameless USA season six. Seven, that's coming to Netflix on the first as well. I've I've not watched any episodes of the US or the UK version of Shameless, so uh, but uh, I know that's quite popular. So uh, that's back on the first of September, and uh, the truth about Harry Kubik affair that's the mini series which has been trailered quite a bit on um, sky witness that's coming on the 4th of september at 9 p.m stars patrick dempsey and an adaptation of the joel dicker's best-selling novel uh, it's a 10-part adaptation and that's a mini series so it's not like a going to come back for a second season as far as we're aware that's sky witness 4th of september for that and um, that's everything unless you've got anything else you want to add in i uh, know that's it you can find daryl at um, hollywood news source and in the upcoming dates I will be doing a recap for The Gifted over on Starry Mag so look for that in the coming months yes that would be quite useful I might go and check that out because I need to remember what happened at the end of the last season for us obviously you can find everything at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at Geektown on Twitter on Facebook at Facebook dot com forward slash geek town on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geek town and on instagram at geek town uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.